Welcome in, welcome in, welcome friends to the newest edition of 3 In, 3 Out. What if the most unique Seahawks preview podcast in the multiverse? I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on Twitter at Clinton Bond. And I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. And find him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. And of course, we are joined by the jovial the one, the only, he's having fun out there, the protector of the Seahawks multiverse himself, yes. Mr. Phil Lydic And gentlemen, unfortunately, the landing gears are down on this season. We have one, we have one more week to look ahead to see what could happen out in this, this terrible, terrible stadium out in Arizona. Very cool looking stadium, but some sad history there, of course. And we've got a march forward, but we were talking just before we launched the the the, the recording, the REC button that we got some feelings about this season, right? We got time to talk about it and decompress as the season finishes. I'm looking forward to this last game though. And, and Brandon, you know, like, hey, what do you look, I guess before we get going into the what if, what are you most looking forward to in week 18? What is week 18 of the NFL season? What do you most want to maybe see happen? Gosh, you know, up until the point that you described it as the landing gear coming down, then I got all of this imagery in my head of either disaster or uh, good things happening. And well, and maybe not even good things, but just landing the plane, I suppose, would be positive. You put the gum in when it's about to land, Brandon. You're chewing the gum and you're hoping it's a good landing. Yeah. I do that. I, you do I, that? I, I've, I've, no, I've never actually chewed my gum My mom on always gave me gum so that you're... Oh, yeah. oh well, ears yeah, for your pop. ears, yeah, when yes. you're a little kid, yeah. See, I never, I never rode on a plane until I was uh, a teenager, so I, I never had that experience as a kid. So that's only for when you're a little kid. I, I don't need to do the gum anymore. I still, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> even know that. It okay, helps. I'm learning something on the podcast right now. I'm sorry, Brandon. I totally no, messed up your landing gear. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that could mess up the Seahawks landing this week in Arizona, and uh, you know, if if you were the one to make it happen and had control over it. Maybe I need to put in a word with you, Phil, about how well this last week can go, because I I just I want to see a win this week. I'm also with Clinton in, you know, go Saints and go Rams as dirty as that sounds just to screw the Niners out of a playoff spot. Yeah, there's a lot to root for this weekend. It can go a lot of ways. It absolutely can. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, you know, I'll definitely ask you the same in a second, Phil, before we turn the mic to you. But, you know, I brought that up in the Seahawkers pod ring of honor. I said, hey. This I posted, I said, this might feel dirty, but go Rams, go Saints, F the Niners like that. that and, and people were like, I could never root for the Rams. I'm like, but you realize that the Rams are already in, right? Like if that thing happens, the Niners do not make the playoffs. And isn't that, wouldn't that be nice? You know, so Phil, I don't know if you could find it in, in your in your no, heart to, to no. root the Rams ever. I can't even say those words together. Can, can I don't you know root you against that. the Niners? Is that is that enough? Could you just be like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I can I can easily root against the Niners, and then maybe I'll enjoy rooting against them the next week. You know that. Yeah, but I'll, I'd rather not. I'd rather that like they have to go home with us, and they have to look in the mirror and say, if we only beat Seattle, you know, a six or seven win team. Now that's true. Once we would have made the playoffs this year, and uh, it'd be nice if. They also missed the playoffs. I would enjoy that. The hardest thing in the NFC playoffs is finding somebody to root for that you haven't like over the years become upset with. Yeah, it's all the teams not named the Rams. And actually, (laughs) I think the Saints would be the best option then. Yeah. The Saints are bad though. 
They're not even good though. That that's like that's like destiny yeah, yourself. Yeah, but they're the underdog. Sadness. They're the perfect underdog to root for throughout the playoffs. Yeah, but you'll <sighs> probably only root for them one week in the playoffs. But maybe you get two. You don't know. It's yeah. It's a it's it's a bar. You know the defense is pretty good, but it's not it's not exactly. If they win a playoff game, it's going to be like seventeen sixteen. It's like yeah, ugh. they can beastquake their way to a win in the playoffs. We've seen that happen before. No, they sure. can't. No, they can't. That's our thing. They don't have beast mode. And and it's not in the Pacific Northwest, so no, Brandon, they cannot do that. Whatever the version of what Camara does, I, I don't know. What else is sad is if this team had figured out what they apparently did this week, like a couple weeks ago, we'd be sitting with a great shot to be getting yeah. in this thing right now. But yeah. uh, we waited too long. We would. We if you would. look at how things came out, we then we could, in a kind of way, be cheering for that LA team. I still wouldn't say go with that team. You know those two words together, but uh, <laughs> unless there was a, a, another word inside those two words, is that what yes, I'm we're not so, doing that. No, okay. we're not doing that. All right, all right. Well, we got the we got week eighteen. We got this coming up. So let's let's turn it over to the protector himself, Mister Phil Lydic. For those who don't know, what if we're going to look at all the the possibilities of of what what could come, but it really breeds some great discussion. So we do hope that the folks. You know, the good folks out there that listen to the Field Goals podcast and Brandon's other podcasts that you really enjoyed this year because Phil, you know, again, talking about the the origin story, this all started over the summer, man. You were called into the live shows and we were like, hey, this this Phil cat's pretty creative. What if we came up with another show? And th- and this was the this was what it became. But you know, kudos to you for for stepping out on a ledge and starting this this year, man. And um let's land it with some gusto and some fun. And with that, man, take it away. Do your thing. Well, Clinton, thank you. You invented the name of the show just out and asked me to do it. And I figured, well, if it's going to bring some people some fun with something that I kind of enjoy for a hobby and I get away from from things, then I'm happy to do it. And, and who knows? Clinton, and, and not to interrupt you, though, Phil, uh, Clinton came up with that completely on his own. It was not derivative of anything whatsoever. No, nothing no. to do with any, you know, Marvel, Disney. Nothing. No, no, none of it. Absolutely. His own idea. He doesn't watch any, he doesn't watch any animated Disney stuff out there. So that would not have impacted it. No, it's just asking plenty of people use the the term. What if that's not true? uh, I I don't. Yeah, it's just out there for sure. Okay. So our final show for the season, episode 17, what's going to happen? You know, it's, it's the new year. It's the new year, isn't it? And I know in China, it's the year of the tiger. Specifically, the water tiger, the water tiger. Oh, but I've noticed something this year. The Seahawks haven't lost a single game in 2022. I've also noticed that the NFL isn't based in China. So (laughs) fun fact, uh, water tiger is also another name for a Seahawk. Oh, and that that is amazing. I actually thought of that. I was wondering if that was true, and I'm glad you cleared that up. I couldn't tell. So, water tiger and Seahawk. You know, our country does have an eagle, not and where the closest thing to water is sea. I I don't know. I was trying to put all that together, and I figured somebody could. Thank you, Brandon, for figuring that out. That's why I thought of this is because water tiger means Seahawk in English. <laughs> Turns okay. out. Yeah. Perfect. So what if 2022 can be the year of the Seahawks? Let's do it. What if? What if? Okay, so we got some things about years, 2022, year of learning, Mm. year after year, and happy new year. Happy new year. And we're ready for something new after 2021 when it comes to sports, I would say. So 
episode 17. We had 17, even though they're 18 weeks because of Christmas. And so we're going to end where we started, which is with Brandon on an odd episode here, the year of learning, the year of learning. As we compete another time against the Arizona Cardinals, what can be learned when comparing this game with the previous bird battle that we had? Obviously, there's different quarterbacks, hopefully a much different result in that 23-13 garbage fest where we had two <laughs> out of 10 third downs and they were seven for 14. Not to mention they were good on their fourth down and we failed. So if you put that together, we were two out of 11 while they were eight out of 15 total plays, 79 to 49 sacks allowed two to four. I mean, pick it any way you want. And it was a trash fest. And so, <laughs> but what could we learn as we play them another time here, different quarterback for them, same quarterback, but hopefully with a different mode for us, Brandon, in this year of learning 2022, the year of the Seahawks, what can we learn when we compare these games? Man, I hope it is actually Kyler Murray playing because I, I don't want to face Colt McCoy again. I, I okay. want it to be Kyler Murray behind center this week. I'm glad that the Cardinals be, have right? something to yes. play for or else they might be tempted to put Colt McCoy behind center. So he's terrifying. Exactly. So one of the things that we can learn in this game against Arizona is really this is the well, it's not the first time that Rashad Penny will have an opportunity to go up against a good defensive line because we did have a chance to see a little bit of that against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. But now that he's Do you remember last time, Brandon, real quick, yeah. when Rashad had that great run at the beginning of the game, it's the cards and you go, well, that was a good run. He's probably hurt. You said in the discord. <laughs> I yeah. did say that. I and did say that. He was and he was hurt. Up. So I, if he can make it deeper into the game than two plays, I do feel like we'll be able to learn a little bit, something more about Penny and how he's able to attack this Cardinals defensive line, because gosh, we saw, and we brought it up in the three in three out recap show it just how much different this offense looked when it was able to have a competent run game to pair with Russell Wilson in the past game. You saw four touchdown passes by Russ, you know, put him into an elite group of company with the number of games that he's had four or more touchdown passes. It put him into elite company with the number of touchdown passes over 10 seasons. I don't know if you saw this up at field goals, but yeah, it's uh, he, Peyton Manning, and who was the, Dan Marino were the three quarterbacks all to throw for 20 or more touchdown passes awesome. in their first 10 seasons. And then there's also this other club of 17 games or more with four touchdown passes in. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, all Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So yeah, it, it's cool seeing Russ in that kind of company. And he's able to have those four touchdown games when you see the, the type of ground game that they have. So I, I think we can learn a little bit about Penny uh, with, a, you know, a, a better Very good. defensive line and what the Cardinals have versus kind of what they've been seeing these last few weeks. How about you, Clinton? Well, I think it's cool because um, I did see DK talking about it today, too, a little bit on Twitter. Well, he, you know, people were reporting on what he said about about the defense is also changing up since the they've safeties. been, yeah, like, Hey, they all of a sudden that's, it's, you know, it's, it's cover one versus cover two. They're only seeing one, 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 one safety, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's just interesting. Cause I, 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 you know, it's like not fully an X's and O's guy, but it's good to hear them say, Hey, that success has 
in and of itself almost like been the been the ultimate cover two beater. Because you hear about cover two, hey, this play is designed to beat the cover two. It's like, well, maybe the best design is be like, you can't sit in cover two if we could move you on the offensive line like that. And, well, it's and what Pete talked about the entire second half of the season. He said, I'm tired of playing cover two. <laughs> right. And it was right. because this, they couldn't the, run the trying football. Trying to throw the ball. Right. This, yeah. was a, this is an interesting way to do it. So that, And I'm also glad you took the offensive side because what immediately popped into my head was the nickel and diming that has been happening. And by the way, Kyler Murray will, will do it just like McCoy can if it's given to him. He'll take the freaking dinks and dunks. They yeah. don't have D hop. So the, the outside threat, although AJ Green likes to hang mostly outside, they could work some other dudes over the middle, Kirk and Rondell Moore and, and Ertz. Uh, yep. Yeah, Ertz is still, still a really good, really good tight end. So what comes up for me is like, hey, what do I want to see and learn? It's probably going to go more towards the, the second week of seeing Cody Barton with a lot more snaps. Because bottom line was the eye test didn't fail me. When I went back and watched the Detroit game and I brought it up on three in, three out. I was like, hey, did he look just a little bit quicker than Wags has in coverage specifically? And then lo and behold, throughout the week, I listened to the Seahawks Nest podcast. They talk quite a bit about Barton uh, standing out. I go back and watch um, Corbin Smith put out threads on, on Twitter about how good Barton actually was in this game and how comfortable he was out there. And it's, that's what I want to see, man. It's, like it, it's a good opportunity for us to, to learn more about Cody Barton and if we could shut down the middle of the field, which we did last week, well, I don't think the cards have a lot of, a lot of weapons right now with D-Hop out. And I think we'll actually be quite successful and probably win this game if we see that. And they always predicted that Barton, I mean, when he was drafted in his first year, that he was going to be a good coverage linebacker. It was nice to see if he was doing some of that. Next question, as we think about years of learning in this year of the Seahawks, as we watch players here this week play out the last game of their current contracts, mm. who can better convince you they need re-signed? And uh, a quick taste. There's some you probably already got an opinion about, whether we do, you know, Brown, Diggs, Everett, Shell, Posick, Penny, Woods, he's not going to play. Jones, Collins isn't going to play. Fuller, Neal's not going to play. You know, what What guys might be able to play this game that you're thinking about? Rasheem Green, maybe. Uh, Austin, they're on their last year of the deal. That might be able to show you, let's bring them back. Yeah, it's, it's quite a long list. And, you know, the question being, which ones do I need convincing, right? That's yeah. like, hey, you're worth, you're worth bringing back. So the chalky answer might be the right answer. And, and there's a few that stand out. There's some for me that's just like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with Dwayne. I'm going to go with Dwayne because he's, you know, he, re he was really jockeying for the, uh, the extra year, this yeah. particular off season, didn't get it. And he still was this week. It sounded like, yeah, like yeah. And, and he wants to stay. He still likes it here, et cetera, et cetera. You know, replacing your left tackle is not, it still ain't going to be easy. It's still not going to be easy, but actually there's, you know what it's Dwayne, but there's one more on there too. Well, no, they, they, the other dude I'm convinced with, but I want to see if it's like, Hey, should we, should we just re-up? Should we just kind of try and lock him in at a somewhat favorable rate next year for like one more year, one more, one more ride with him, knowing it'll be like probably a B to a B minus and that be like, hey, that's good enough for left tackle for one more year and don't worry about that in a year where you don't have a first rounder. That seems like a pretty, pretty logical thing to do. So that's my answer, man. That's a great choice against this team, too, because you think about Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, some of the guys that he's going to be going up against. This might be a game to show what real quick before we get to Brandon, what what amount would be about right, you think, for bringing Brown back? 
the 10 million ish range or do you think he needs to cut more? No, I think that's still, I think that's what he's going to get from somebody anyway. 10 to 12, okay. prices are going up, you know, inflation across the board, 10 to 12 million, lock the dude up for one more year. It's kind of where he was making this year, right? So that feels about right. And it's still fairly inexpensive for a, an, an above average left tackle. How about you, Brandon? What guys are you looking to see? Um, you're kind of on the fence whether we should bring them back. Yeah. And in that way, I do feel like my mind is made up with regard to Dwayne Brown, because if we're talking about bringing him back next year for about the same as what he's made this year, because I don't know, it's going to be tough, I think, to go out there and, and find the guy that you immediately know can come in and replace him. If Now, if they can, that's great. If they can bring in a free agent that is going to improve that spot next year, I'm all for it. Now, the one guy, though, that I'm kind of on the fence on that I would like to see more, especially considering now uh, D-Hop's not going to play in this game, but they still do have competent receivers and cornerback is a spot that I am concerned about. There are some free agents. Uh, DJ Reed's on this list. Yeah. You know, the, the one guy, though, would be whether or not to bring back Sidney Jones. And so if he can have an outstanding game, against these Cardinals receivers, then I, I start looking at, because I, I do think that DJ Reed is a guy that you could bring back. Although, gosh, you know, uh, the way that this team seems able to find corners, you know, maybe this is the game that you decide on which one of these guys you bring back and which job you keep open for competition for a guy, say like Mike Jackson, who we saw in this game just this last week and a guy who we didn't even know it was on this team up until <laughs> last week. So, uh, and, and performed pretty well. Now it's against a Lions team that really only had one receiver and he tore it up. Uh, so it's hard to tell, but, um, yes, the, the guy that I would be looking at in this game against Arizona is Sidney Jones. That's a good call out too, uh, between Jones and Reed. I almost thought about asking you guys both kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down on all these, but that's kind of a whole show just about on a lot of uh, what on guys this list. we have to consider to go through all the different ones, uh, what we ought to uh, consider about them. I think one of the corners needs to get an offer like right away. And the other one, you might say, we'll let you go test and, and see how it goes. Um, but that's kind of my thought on that. And hey, one, one thing to jump off on there too, Phil, is like, you know, hey, like I, I I think it's a good choice of Sidney Jones, but I feel like he's shown, I think he's shown enough. That's like, Hey, you want him. If it's just, Hey, corners are, and, and Seattle is also, I think proven people are like getting all mad. Oh, why didn't we retain Akello Witherspoon? Akello, he won the defensive player of the month over in Pittsburgh. It's like, Hey, some dudes work in our system and some yeah. dudes don't. And they cut ties with the guy. They're like, this guy's not going to work in our system. And it's like, you, are you really upset? We, we cut Akello Witherspoon when, we found people that have been darn good. So it's just, I, I just didn't, I didn't care. I didn't understand that ire so much. And I, I like what I've seen from Sidney Jones, DJ Reed now for a couple of years. Heck that dude's going to get paid by somebody. He's, he's emerged as a quite a good corner. So like, I would love to bring both of them back because our, our defensive backfield with Trey Brown getting healthy next year, it's, it's been good. Our, our defense has been pretty darn good actually. So um, yeah, that, that part, I don't need as, as much convincing. No, with mediocre pressure, I think Deshaun shed under Pete has done a good job. Once we got rid of flowers, you, you cut out the flowers time, Pete and shed have really put together a good defensive backfield. When you factor in our pressure isn't awesome. Yeah. That's, that's how I putting feel. it nicely. Yeah, I, okay. I, I agree. <laughs> and before we jump to the next one though, there's one dude that's not on this list that 
I don't need convincing, but I'm very fearful we'll be gone. And that is uh, Phil Haynes. You know, Phil Haynes is on that trajectory of we keep him around for so many years. He battles injury. He barely gets any time. He shows enough on tape. He goes to another another friggin' team for cheap, and he and he's you know a Pro Bowl level. What what has he shown on tape, dude? Did you watch the last game? Yeah, that was one game. Against yeah, but the was, Lions. No, no, but a couple, and I think it was the That's playoff a stout game. defensive line, Brandon. <laughs> well, the defensive line's not the worst part of the Lions. And and then didn't he play in a playoff game like a year or two ago and actually played pretty admirably as well, and, right? And so, he's mostly been hurt. And yeah, he's but, but he's like good. He's good. He's, he's a, okay. Like, yes, he's mostly been hurt. No, man. He's and a he's good a guard. guard. Okay. Yeah, he's a guard. He's a good guard, though. He looks, I, and he's you versatile. Don't, look, you don't have to worry about him going anywhere. He is not going anywhere. Listen, Dad, we said the same thing about George Fed. He got $10 million and a year he's for the a Jets. <laughs> and he's a Pro Bowler this year, probably. And I can't put down the Lions too much because going into the game, I knew so many Seahawks fans are like, yeah, we're probably, we might lose this one. The Lions have been playing so good against yeah. a lot of teams. We're, I know they only have two wins and a tie, but just watch what they've done to other teams. We're going to be in trouble. Then after we spank them, what do you hear? Oh, it's just the Lions. Just the Lions. Just the Lions. So I almost <laughs> also, joined that choir. I I'm, I'm not myself. off of this Phil Haynes thing yet. What, what, what okay. spot are you going to put <laughs> Phil Haynes at after you sign him to a contract so he doesn't leave? You're going to pay Phil Haynes $5 million to be the backup behind Gabe Jackson and no, Damian Lewis? No, it doesn't have to be the backup. Maybe he could play center, by the way, and maybe he could slide out the tackle. The if dude's he's good. the solution at center. The dude's good. The dude's an athlete, man. He's good. He was if, good okay, in college. Look, if he's he good now. Out, he, he, all he had to do was beat out Ethan Posick in practice. Yeah. Well, there's a, <laughs> listen, I can't tell you what the, the, the coaches do or don't do and don't see. <laughs> What I can tell you is when the dude's on the field, he's good. Okay, I need to keep it moving. Uh, Year after year, year after year. What if, Brandon, you share what you feel are, let's say, the top three bad patterns that need to be flushed prior to next season? Some of the patterns you've seen, not just here... Um, and they need to be fleshed. What would you, you could put them in order or not, but just kind of three things top of your head. These patterns have to go before next season. My number one thing that has bothered me the most this season is the defensive strategy to leave the middle of the field wide open, unchallenged by guys that catch passes with five yards around them. That has to go by next season. And I don't know if that's just a scheme strategy thing, if it's a personnel thing, if it's a little bit of both, but I am tired of it. And I think it ultimately hurts the defense on a whole because it does give so much time of possession to the opponent. And it gives them kind of a flow, doesn't it? They can get it a rhythm. Yeah, they get uh... into a rhythm. And now the defense has done a good job of, of keeping the team off the scoreboard ultimately. And so the, the, the strategy in that sense has worked to a degree, but I don't think it's a sustainable strategy. All right, flush that one. Do you have any others top of your head, or is it just that one? We flush that one. We're good. That's the main one. I'll, I'll let I'll let Clinton go, and I'll see if anything other comes to mind before uh, before we finish off this one. Mighty mighty kind of you. So I want to go back to Phil Haynes. I'm just kidding, <laughs> just 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 joking. Just joking. Um, so I'm not sure it's a strategy to flush. So, but it is. But it is something that I I it's it's kind of part and parcel of if and when Russ is back. 
Well, it I've, doesn't have to be strategy, Clinton. It's just patterns. Right. Patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern. Here's here's the pattern that I want to flush. The pattern that I want to flush is the last year and a half of watching a really mobile quarterback decide not to not to use that as part of his game, and then when he starts to use it as part of his game, once again, last two weeks we see him ripping down RPOs and, and planned runs, taking off, moving the sticks. You know, it's the, that escapability from the pocket. Getting getting those first downs, I it's it's not just hey when we have a run run game, and Russ is in that Sean Kemp zone we've talked about, then it's great Russ. That's certainly part of it, but that element of him being able to move the chains with his feet when he needs to, and really opportune moments, third down plays, go make it himself. It's just been so diminished, and I don't get why he's not that much. Maybe maybe he lost a step, maybe. You know, like if he ran a 40 versus his combine time, sure, maybe. But we're not talking about a dude who's slow or unathletic or doesn't have vision and can't see a crease and take off or who's not gutsy, you know, who won't go for it, ex- extend out and lay out for a first down. He's all those things. So uh, it's kind of just washed away from his game and it's a bad pattern. It's like, man, you want to you go get that second and third chip you keep talking about? Bring that back as part of your game consistently because as, as a whole, you're such a huger, huger threat, much, much larger threat. So that's the thing I really want to stop the diminishing on, Phil, is like bring back a little bit of a vintage rush scrambling as part as part of his yeah. part of his game and his fabric. He he traded that away to incorporate the quarterback sneak because up until this year with Shane Waldron, we saw zero quarterback sneaks, it felt like. He was bragging after the Bears game about how fast he was. He said that he and Phil Haynes were over on the side r- racing each other and he won every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and the quarterback sneak piece, you know, again, it's like, why did we never do it? He did it well, right? He did one this last game where I like know. he finds the pockets, sees where he has to go and goes and gets two and a half yards. No problem, right? So it's like, of course he could do it. Okay, Clinton, how about good patterns then? So uh, year after year, what are some good patterns you've seen developing that you hope continue throughout the year of the Seahawks 2022. This one for me is the Shane Waldron cross motion offense, just straight up, whether that's pre-snap on the snap, just the, 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 the horizontal movement that they got going. And then the, the traps that run off of that, the crashing down that runs off of that. Um, it's been lovely when it's like when he has the right arsenal and it's been the last couple of weeks, it's looking it's just looking better. I know it's not the best competition, so let's see it against Arizona. That's that is a playoff team, markedly better competition. But that's a pattern I want to see them really, really just go forward with. Man, is like more of that, more play action, more, more, more pre-snap motion because it just seems to be working. It seems to really suit Russ. Also, when it's time to pull it down, pass, get outside the pocket, man, people are moving and people are open. So that's um, that's the thing I want to see them do a lot more of. And Brandon, what do you hope uh, Phil Haynes keeps doing as a, <laughs> as a good pattern in 2022? Well, the no, thing I like just... about Phil Haynes is that he's a really athletic lineman. And so the pattern that I see is Phil Haynes and being able to execute those really difficult blocks. And because, you know, when Phil Haynes gets out <laughs> in front of Rashad Penny and he is the lead blocker, and of course, I'm talking about Dwayne Brown when I say Phil Haynes. Uh, <laughs> good things tend to happen. So I, I, 
I'm also going with Shane Waldron with my answer, but I'm also go- I'm, I'm going toward the blocking schemes that the offensive line has been able to execute in the run game, because yes. those are some of the patterns that we've been able to see these last few weeks. And I hope to see them continue next year. Have either of you seen any good defensive patterns or you want to flush no. the whole thing? No, no, you don't like any of them. OK, well, I'm, no, I mean, yes, it's I have seen some good defensive patterns. And I would say one that comes to mind is Jamal Adams or Ryan Neal. Uh, the ability when you have Quandre Diggs is it, we won't see them either this week, either right, no, this week. No, no, for sure. But like and, yeah. and Quandre Diggs, we didn't mention we don't need convincing Quandre Diggs should be brought back. Right. That's yeah. he's phenomenal. Unless unless you have to use that salary to pay Phil Haynes. <laughs> but listen, cho- choice has got to be made. You got to you got to you got to you got to pay the big guy. Um, all right. And but the pattern that I that I like to see still still there is like, you know, just the buzzing around the uh, the the defensive line with with either Adams or Neil. Like Neil was able to step in and still do those things. It was actually less than last year uh where Jamal had, you know, all those sacks. But, you know, talk about patterns I do like, man, that that's I think it's pretty cool that we we could put that dude down the box and cause some havoc and maybe even ramp it back up a bit more so it's more like 2019 Adams and and and, and that they do more of that stuff. But I, I like that. I like that versatility and the the panic it causes uh, for quarterbacks when you got when you got to you know account for that extra dude who happens to be super super fast. All right. Well, we'll move to the next one because I know Phil Haynes doesn't play defense. So Brandon doesn't have anything that he wants to see return on the defense. So happy new year. Happy new year. What can make this particular game fun, Brandon, besides finishing in a way that no more than 10 10 teams can. Got those words out. If you think (laughs) about only 10 teams or fewer can end an NFL season on a win. And we haven't done it since Super Bowl 48. So what can make it a happy time as we seek to finish the year with a win for the first time since Super Bowl 48 beyond just winning? What else just could make you just leave with a great taste in your mouth for this season? The thing I'd like to see most, aside from a win, is shutting out stupid Chandler Jones. That dude gets like four sacks on Russell Wilson every single time the Seahawks play the Cardinals. I want to see that guy walk away from this game with a goose egg. Very good. How about you, Clinton? I will take it to the other side of the ball. Um, and I want to see Daryl Taylor have a multi-sack game. That would be awesome. Yeah, even if it's like one and a half, whatever, you know, however it gets created, whatever. Um, that'd be awesome. He's the dude's working hard out there. He's got tackles for a loss. It's I think it's three games in a row where he doesn't have a sack, right? So he he's he's I think stuck on six officially. Love to see him get up to seven and a half, eight. And really, really just kind of show out one more time before the year's over to put a cap on what has been really his rookie season. So we could look at that dude and be like, man, this guy is ready to explode. We talked a little bit about on three in, three out. Is that a place, defensive end, where we might go spend some money and go bring in kind of a blue chip defensive end guy that's, you know, just, uh, just a can't miss type thing that you know you're paying for? That really, really loosens things up for Taylor going into next year, where he's he's not even the guy they concentrate on, and he could just go wild out there. So I'd love to see him have that kind of game, man. Just end on a super high note, stay healthy, and then ride that into the into the whole off season about us getting fired up about having that kind of talent coming off the edge because uh, he's showing out to be something special. So continue with the happy new year. This one goes to 
Clinton. Yes. What if the front office just forces Russ to stay? They say, hey, we got you on for a couple more years. Plus, we can use a couple franchise. You're going to play this year at least. How can Russ still have a happy new year in 2022? Now, I know he says his goal is to win more Super Bowls and his plan is to do it with the Seahawks. That's publicly. Behind the scenes, it's a little bit confusing. And so I don't know if we want to take him for his word. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, but how could he, even if he has to stay as a Seahawk, or he gets to, whatever you think, how can he have a happy year of the Seahawk 2022? I don't think there's too many levers to pull because um, I'll, I'll give one specific one. There's, I think there's a, a way in which you know our wide receivers are locked in, right? So that's, they're both in the contract still. Yep. D Eskridge will be coming into a second year. So hopefully he stays healthy and, and just really, really starts to develop and shine. There's, I think there's an obvious answer. I'm going to avoid that one and say, what if we re-sign Gerald Everett? What if we give him back? You know, he only signed a one-year deal, six million dollar deal. I don't think besides that one, you know, no good lousy game that that I'm sure he wants to forget about, he's been really good. He's been a very good Seahawk. And, and a good weapon. And as this Waldron offense has kind of shown green shoots, I won't say blossom because that's too strong, but has shown green shoots of what it can be, Everett has really emerged as, as, a, as a favorite son, favorite weapon there. So maybe it's one of the things that could make, make Russ be like, you know what, we got a shot with this team right here in 2022 to, to win the whole darn thing. And Everett's, Everett's a, a cog in that wheel to help him feel happier. So I like Gerald Everett. I'd like to see Everett back. Good. How about you, Brandon? What are some things that could give Russ a happy year of the Seahawks 2022? Yeah, I would say the obvious answer, maybe the one Clinton was avoiding, was, yeah. it would be the offensive line because it was the talking point of last year's offseason. And yes, I, I know that you brought up Dwayne Brown, Clinton, as, as kind of that guy to, to watch for at the end of the season. If that's a spot you can upgrade in free agency, and we'll, we'll get into our offseason free agency coverage here pretty soon, I'm sure. But if that's a spot you can upgrade, you could you have the ability to upgrade at right tackle as well. You can even draft a guy in the second round uh, who plays offensive line to maybe take over center. Uh, mm -hmm. So there are many positions. You can keep your guards the same. Those guys can be locked in with Gabe Jackson and Damian Lewis and and I think you could build around them and still be able to upgrade and have a group of guys that can protect Russell Wilson pretty well next year, which would give Russ that offseason win he's looking for. I think I think that's the main answer, right? If you can prove to Russ that significant resources are going to give him some great protection and give him this kind of Rashad Penny run game where he can just flow without all the safeties back there. He might be convinced that uh, this can go because I think he's kind of excited about what Shane was starting to show. And I think this game could factor in, right? He never, ever gets protected against Chandler Jones and the boys. Right. So a lot of the different things we've been talking about this game, if they can come together, it might give him one of those walk off the field thinking, we got something here, right? We got something. Yeah, for sure. And we didn't mention Jake Curran at all. You know, you met. Brandon, you said maybe an upgrade at right a tackle. Really good have. backup right tackle in Jake well, Curran. But is, but yeah. You can you bring think, him we, back just fine. Well, I mean, I, I don't think backups. I don't think we're going to resign Shell. I don't think so. Right? He's been like yeah. serviceable and good. Yeah. But also injured a lot, and that happens. People get their freaking their offensive linemen, their knees and ankles get rolled up on. It's just that's the, that's life in the trenches. 
But I think Jake Curran's been pretty good. You're, like, you're, had, you're falling in love with very average to below average talent on the offensive line. I think Curran, he, he might though? be good, but he's an okay backup right now. Yeah, but but has, that, I guess that's my question. Has he shown enough to be like, oh, that dude might be our starter? Nope. No. no. So where's the piece? Where If we're going to fix one piece with big bucks, is it center? Is that what no, it is? Tackles. Okay. Both tackles. So you think upgrading Dwayne and Curran or Shell is the key? All of them. Right. So both both Hain, tackles. Haynes to, to center. We decided. Haynes to center, <laughs> upgrade tackles. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay. If you, if, you, if you pay two tackles, you can move Haynes to center. That's fine. I like it. And, and draft a better version of Haynes to play center. That's fine, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's the best Phil on the show. I'll tell you that. He's Haynes. <laughs> no, oh, that's not true. <laughs> so what if there were a couple of off-season shows? Uh, throwing this out to the listeners. When would that make sense? You can reach out to Brandon or Clinton. Otherwise, uh, you won't hear from me until the fall. Maybe that's what you want. You can prove it by not saying anything. That's fine. Um, and I'm, you know, I'll get paid the same whether I'm here in the offseason or not. So I'm totally, it's just about fun. And uh, so you can throw those ideas out there. If there's a what if thought that you might have in portions of the offseason, we might consider, we might just come up with it on our own and just show up in your podcast. Make sure that, of course, you're subscribing. So you'll see when any of Brandon's shows come up uh, with the field goals. I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts before we get ready to close out. Brandon, Clinton. It's been a fun year. I appreciate you doing it. We we can even pay you in the off season and Steve Largent signed cards. If, if the that's, same that's that was actually pretty sweet. You know, <laughs> I didn't wear my Steve Largent jersey that I often wear for games this Sunday, and I'm wondering if that's if I should just hold my signed card. Whatever you did last the... week, whatever you did last week, do it this week, and hopefully we're on to another fifty point win. And in the season on a win, it's been a long time. A Percy Harvin, I go. Yeah, let's do that. Let's end on a win. And and yeah, Phil, you done you done great, man. This is it's been a blast. This uh, inaugural season of of what if, uh, and yeah, let's 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 keep the good vibes going. Let's figure it out. Let's get some off season stuff rocking and rolling. It's a long off season. We all know there's there'll be stuff to talk about. They'll they'll give us some uh, there'll be some narratives to to uh, to either uphold or, or depress, and we'll figure it out through, through the off season. But kudos to you, man. You did a great job of bobbing and weaving for all these weeks and coming up with some really unique categories and themes and uh and and i think we all had a lot of fun with it dude so thanks a lot it was more fun than uh 10 of the seahawk games i'll say that <laughs> we're doing the show that's true okay well we need this win in the season with the taste of winning in our eyeballs so what if we say go hawks go hawks go, go hunter hawks. tigers go hawks <laughs> <laughs>